Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. I got the crystal ball going. I'll tell you what's going to happen. So let's go to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline and bring in my guy, uh, Barry Shook, Dogs by Nature. Um, Barry Shook, what's going on? It's such a pleasure to speak with you again uh, and, and talk a little bit about this beautiful game we call football. Absolutely. American football. You know, it's some days it's warm and some days it's cold. And some days it snows. And in other days, you know, you're just um, in short sleeve and flip flops, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> you're right. That's that's about the that that's exactly how people feel about me here. Some days you uh, you bring up topics and it's rainy, and some days it's I'm smiling and laughing. But you know it's 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 scattered clouds and, and, and storms around here, especially when we talk about in Cleveland and Ohio in general. Speaking of Ohio and Cleveland, um, you know the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they made it to the Super Bowl. I believe this is third championship. And the Bengals and the Browns, uh, you know, really share such a special bond. It's almost like a a distant brother. Um, Both teams, both organizations, uh, you know, created and molded and shaped by the great Paul Brown. Um, You know, after Paul Brown leaves Cleveland, he goes to Cincinnati. Um, You know, how, how was the relationship level between the Browns and the Bengals at that time? And how has that relationship kind of kept going or fallen apart or, or really just kept, um, you you know, changing faces since Paul Brown um, stepped into Cincinnati and really put them on the map as well? Well, Paul Brown is a, a great coach. We all know that he was a, a statistician. He invented, a lot of things he invented uh, the uh, play calling or sending in plays that the coach would do instead of the quarterback on the field, the draw play, the, the helmet uh, uh, connector, you know, headset. But Paul Brown also had feuds with people and he also didn't like things that were against him. It's like when he was fired in 1962 his offensive coordinator, Blanton Collier, got the head coaching job. Paul Brown never spoke to him again. And Paul Brown, because he was fired from what he called his team, he had a very huge dislike for the Cleveland Browns from that point on. In fact, that was the biggest games of the year for him was the two times that they played the Cleveland Browns. And it was all because that at one time he was head coach, he was founder of it. Everything that 
was decided every office chair to how many pounds was in a football to what the uniforms looked like. Paul Brown decided all that, and all of a sudden he had it taken away from him. And from that point on, he had no use for the Cleveland Browns. Well, you take a look at it as the 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 Bengals, um, you know, go through that, and he he passes the you know the uh, the business and in, in his life's work to to his son. How has in in the eighties? Uh, how did the Bengals um, and the Browns view each other? Right now, I have the view of right now when I'm looking at it, I'm forty years old. You know, it's a different type of uh, of anger that I get when I see the Ravens or I see the Steelers, right? It's like me, yeah. I remember, you know, them leaving. But when I think of the Bengals, and one of the things that we talked about on the radio was, you know, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, and there was a large contingency of people in Ohio, and lots of them that were Browns fans that said, well, for this game, I, I want to see Joe Burrow, and I want to see the Cincinnati Bengals win. I don't know if it's always been like that. Has it always been a thing, or is that just something that you think has come along the last few years um, because of, you know, the newness of it and the quarterbacks, and this is just a new era? You know, you would think that because both teams are based in Ohio that they would root and cheer for each other, but I think it's probably the opposite. You look at Auburn, Alabama. You look at USC, UCLA. You look at – Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, which are neighboring, uh, mm-hmm. you know, states right there. I, I think there's a, a thing in Alabama that says I pull for the Auburn Tigers and whoever Alabama plays, and and there's the only two teams in the state. So I don't think it's an affection one way or the other. Now, do some Browns fans pull for the Bengals in this this Super Bowl? I know I was. But I think it's just a disdain against each other, and it's it's odd that one man founded both of them and made all those decisions. He didn't name them the Browns, but he named Cincinnati the Bengals. He chose the Browns' colors. He also chose the Bengals' colors. And if you look at the early Cincinnati Bengals' uniforms, it's almost a carbon copy of exactly what Cleveland wore, the, the stripes on the – the sleeve and the stripes down the pants, except for the helmet, it almost looks like the exact same uniform, and it's because they came from the same man. Now, the Bengals had quite a bit of success in the, the 80s. In fact, in 81, they went 12-4. and four. They won the went to the AFC Championship against the Chargers, and Kenny Anderson was the league MVP. That was, They were coached by Forrest Gregg, and they went to the Super Bowl, and that was the John Candy game. Do you do you remember that story? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and so they lost uh, twenty six to twenty one in the waning moments off of a John Taylor uh, touchdown. And at the end of the eighties, they they did the same thing this time with Sam Weich, and mm-hmm. they ended up twelve and four again. And they lost to the Forty Niners um, again twenty to sixteen. But in the middle, they were they were just also runs. Yeah, you uh, you know, I, I look at it this way and and maybe you can kind of compare and contrast it a little bit. When I look at the the Browns, you know, the Browns are the only team that haven't played in the Super Bowl. But for some reason, um in 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 the 80s, uh you know, the Browns were pretty good. 
Um, but they were never able to get over the hump. They were never able to, you know, kind of get past Elway and get to the championship. And then the Bengals were able to do so twice, and now the Bengals did it again. But when I look at the context in, in the, the tradition and history of the Browns, is it just me, or do I think that people hold the Browns in a different esteem than they do the Bengals, even though by objective standards, the Bengals have, have done more and, and, and accomplished more in, in the newer era? In the newer era. I, you know, I, I, I get tickled on something like that. See, I, I think the league is whatever it is. If you get married at age 28, and no matter what you did as a profession, no matter what kind of man you were, no matter what you wore, you're, and you get married at 28, when you're 68, it's still that same 40-year run. Although you might have uh, had a toupee made in one, one year, you may have a new car, a new job, a new house in one year. The NFL has been in business since 1920. Ohio teams have been in 17 championship games. Did you know that? I, I did not know 17. I've, I've heard about the, I think, the six for the Browns. I did not know 17. The teams from Ohio have been in 17 championships games. Akron, Canton, Cleveland Bulldogs, um, Portsmouth Spartans, the Cleveland Rams, the Cleveland Browns, the Cincinnati Bengals. Out of all those teams, they have been in 17 championships of the NFL and have gone 9-8. and eight. Now, the Browns are part of that. The Browns have won... Uh, six of those championships, but the city of Cleveland has has gone uh, has won six championship games. the The Cleveland Bulldogs uh, won it in 1924. The Cleveland Rams won it in 1945, and the Cleveland Browns have won it three times. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals and the city of Cincinnati have won zero pro football championships, whereas the city of Cleveland has won six. And the state of Ohio is one nine. Wow, I, I did not. I, listen, I, I had no clue on that. No clue. Did not know it, that they had seventeen championships. And in, in fact, the first five NFL championships, Cleveland teams won four of them. The Akron Pros won the very first one. Um, who were, um, and then the Canton Bulldogs won two back to back, and then the Cleveland Bulldogs. Uh, 1-1. At the time, there was a Cleveland Tigers team and a Cleveland Bulldogs team, and the Cleveland Tigers and Bulldogs melded together and became the Cleveland Bulldogs. And that's just how it was, you know, way back in the early 20s. So when you say, and, and, you know, most people think that the world didn't start until the Super Bowls. Well, Super Bowls weren't even called Super Bowl until Super Bowl Four. They were called the AFL-NFL World Championship game for the first three games. And then Super Bowl four, they finally called it the Super Bowl, even though people were loosely calling it at all. And then Super Bowl five, which was 1970 when the AFL and the NFL officially merged, that was the very first time that they put a Roman numeral and attached it to a Super Bowl was Super Bowl five. When you look at, um, I want to, you know, I've, I've talked to you so many times, and there's always questions I leave off. I'm like, why didn't I ask him? Um, 
in the beginning, you know, the NFL, uh, you know, they rapidly kind of, you know, started putting teams out and expansion happened. You know, now we've gotten to the point where, you know, there was always a team that they thought was going to be in Las Vegas. Uh, we always thought there was going to be a team that went back to L.A. That was true. Um, do you see as far what do you see in the future as far as expansion uh, goes? We've heard. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, laugh and joke about Mexico City and, and whether or not that's a viable place. We've also heard, you know, London is a big thing. Um, do, when do you think, um, given the history of the league and, and some of the, you know, trailblazing things that the league has done, when do you think that you will see uh, a out-of-country you know, market like a Mexico City or perhaps even back in Canada or um, with London, how do you see, uh, you know, just expansion happening with the league? Well, I don't see why they wouldn't expand. You know, these are all billionaire owners, and there's other billionaire people out there that, that may not know much about football, but they know how to hire people that know something about football. And so I don't see why the league wouldn't. Now, right now, it's it's very tidy. It's two conferences, 16 teams in each one, four divisions of four. Everything fits. But when when the two leagues merged, there was 26 teams and 13 teams in each conference. That didn't fit within three divisions. So they eventually expanded and and kept those numbers going. Two, two divisions would have four, one division would have five. Well, that was only temporary, four, five, six years. I don't see a reason why they wouldn't. I think the biggest market that I would expand into and I would see them doing is San Antonio. Every, mm. every league that has had San Antonio in it, which is the World Football League and the AAF and the XFL um, and the USFL for a while, every, every one of those, they have just busted the gates with attendance. They support that team like crazy. I know Birmingham has had a bunch of teams, Memphis has had a bunch of teams, and Orlando's had a bunch of teams. And, of course, St. Louis and San Diego are still sitting there without teams. So there's a lot of cities that you could go to right off that would sell really, really well. Now, as far as Canada, I can tell you right now that the NFL has a gentleman's agreement with the, the Canadian Football League. They have mm -hmm. nine teams. And the NFL doesn't raid their rosters. They don't try to raid uh, our rosters at the NFL. In fact, the CFL, if you're a player in the CFL, which I'm kind of – I've seen you as a defensive lineman. I'm not sure why you're still not playing. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's called being out of shape. Uh, all kind of crazy <laughs> surgeries, and you know I'm way I'm way too lazy to that. I'd rather just get on here and talk to people about football. That that works much better for me, and I don't have to condition for that. Maybe too many tacos. <laughs> yeah, too many. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So anyway, I, you, they they have a, a clause in their in their agreements at the CFL that if if a player under contract, and a lot of contracts are like three years, if they ever get an invite to an NFL training camp. Because, see, the CFL is, is, is kind of concluding about that time that they can just opt out at any point. They can just say, hey, I'm going to Dallas Cowboys training camp, see you. So that comes from the agreement of AFL-CFL. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of like college football and high school football. College football doesn't play on Friday nights because it doesn't want to step on high school's toes. The NFL right. doesn't play on Saturday 
because they don't want to step on college's toes. If you notice, when the NFL does play on Saturday, it's when the the regular season of college has stopped and there yep. isn't any games on Saturday. You agree? Yeah, I, I, I get that. You know what's so crazy is when I, when I went to McKinley, we – we never played Friday games. We always played Saturday games. Um, oh. And we would go around and they say it's Friday night lights. We would just be like, but we never play Friday. We would get happy when it was Friday because that means we can run around and do crazy stuff on, on uh, you know, on, on Saturday because yeah, we had yeah. our weekend off. Um, really quickly, I want to ask you about this. Um, right. You know, I've wondered how this this, this goes about. How do, how do NFL teams decide – the proximity of another team versus so say for instance if how do they decide you know say for instance they wanted Cleveland to have two teams okay how, like is there a, is there a bylaw that says okay you have to have that many people in the surrounding area and obviously the owners have to sell off on it is there any rules or regulations about how many teams you can have per square footage or square mile yeah it's it's territorial and 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 the, the team that is based there, and, and, of course, they wouldn't put two teams in a city unless it's probably New York, Chicago, or Los Angeles. And, of course, two out of three of those have two teams. Um, and, and by the way, getting back to Mexico City, that'd be a, that'd be a great place. That place would sell 105000 every every oh, week. Crazy, right? But, oh, my yeah, goodness. And it's, and it's just right across the border, so it's not like London where you'd have to, you know, have jet lag and three-day travel. But – uh, they have territorial situations. It's like if somebody wanted to put a team in Milwaukee, well, that's considered part of Green Bay's territory. So the the NFL, they have to apply for that. And it's like when the Cleveland Browns moved to Baltimore, they had to get the blessing of the Washington Redskins owner, even though yeah, the right. Colts had moved and even though the CFL had put the Stallions in for a year and they won the league. They had to get the approval of the Washington owner for that to happen. But it hasn't always been that way. Back in the 60s, Washington was the southernmost team. This is before Atlanta. This is before uh, Miami and Tampa. Washington was the southernmost team. And up until 1946, Cleveland and Chicago were the westernmost team. So – but I will tell you something about territorial. When the two leagues merged in 1970, the NFL was going to have the New York Jets and the Oakland Raiders move because the Oakland Raiders would infringe, the AFL Oakland Raiders would infringe on the San Francisco 49ers territory, and, of course, the New York Jets would infringe upon the New York Giants territory. And that was going to be a real thing. The um, Jets were going to move to Memphis, and the Raiders were going to move to Portland. Now, what got got that changed was that Wellington Mara, who was the owner of the New York Giants at that point, thought that he would have a huge backlash from New York Jet fans, who who at the time Joe Namath was playing, and they had already won a, a championship and and you know the the third Super Bowl, which was not called the Super Bowl yet, and he thought there would be a huge backlash. He voted to keep the Jets in New York, which meant that they kept the Raiders in uh, across the bay from San Francisco. 
You you know what? Uh, I, I thank you so much, Barry, for dropping in on this, man. Uh, we're going to have yeah. to have you back soon again, man. We want to we'll get you back. Uh, I just love what you do. Uh, and, and thank you so much for being on, on with me today. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, enjoyed my time. Have a great week. All right. That's the great Barry Shook from Dogs by Nature. Make sure you go check out his articles. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.